When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, this is your host, Cody Mallory. On Twitter, at RealCodyMallory. I am delighted to be joined once again by Joe Farrow. On Twitter, that is at the Joe Farrow and at Anthony Dittmar. On Twitter, that is at Anthony Dittmar underscore. Guys, we have finally reached the light at the end of the tunnel. The NBA trade deadline has finally come and gone. Before we get into the Nets, and obviously the biggest headline of the day, the week, however long, let's talk about the other trades that kind of went down in the league. Okay. Yeah, the, the Porzingis-Dinwiddie trade really stuck out to me. I remember Dinwiddie actually, when he was on the Nets, made a comment about like how when the Knicks traded him to the Mavericks, then he ended up getting traded for him. Kind of like a swap of bad-ish contracts, considering Dinwiddie's play this year. They also got Davis Bertans in the teal. I don't know what you guys saw about that deal. I thought it was fine, honestly. Like, a lot of people made it out to be pretty bad. And, yeah, like, the Wizards got the better player. But that's really a last-ditch effort to retain Bradley Beal. And the Mavericks didn't – aren't going to change much when you think about it. They just add another ball handler and Spencer Dingwitty. <clears throat> Sorry. And then they get a similar type player of Davis Bertans compared to Kristaps Porzingis. I really don't think it's that – that terrible. I mean, they're both very bad contracts, but this is just a, a last-ditch effort to retain uh, Bradley Beal for Washington. There's no way they uh, keep him, bro. Like, it's just like it's sad. It's yeah. kind of Anthony, Anthony, you hear uh, Joe get all choked up about Spencer Dinwiddie, but <laughs> um, <laughs> when I first saw the trade, I was like, no way Spencer Dinwiddie's actually staying in Dallas. I was like, they gotta be moving him somewhere else. Maybe a three-team deal hasn't been announced yet. I don't want to say buyout, but I was surprised that no Dinwiddie chance. got moved there. Yeah, he's definitely not going to get bought out. Too big but, and too long. 
They want yeah. to. They had some contracts. I don't remember if you read the when it, with the birds right got on. He want. They said they wanted to extend Dorian Finney Smith. They already had the bad Hardaway contract. I think they want also Jalen Brunson is going to be tough to extend because he's might get a big payday. But right. the, he was mentioning that like and taking that Porzingis deal kind of like cleared up some space for them and they extended for Dorian Finney Smith. I think yeah. it was four fifty two. I believe. Yep, you're right on that. Yep. Yes, sir. So that's a good signing to get him locked in before the free agency period this summer. Yeah. We I haven't mean, talked I mean, since the Kings Pacers trade, right? No, we haven't. Yeah, so Tyree Halliburton goes to the Pacers, DeMontis Sabonis to the Kings. Interesting. What a bad trade. I, I don't know. I think the Kings stumbled the bag trading the one guy that wanted to be a king for like his whole career. <laughs> pretty upset. Like, I no one wants agree. to be a king, and like he kind of like was that one guy that did. I I couldn't agree more. It was just like Tyrese is so good, and it's like yes, Demontis Sabonis is the is the better player as of right now. But like, dude, like give it by the end of next season, I could see Halliburton being better than Sabonis. Like it's just like I I feel like yeah. that was just a very dumb move to get rid of him. Like if you could have done Davion Mitchell instead. I feel like I feel like that's a really good trade for the Kings because then you still have Fox Halliburton, and now you have Demontis Sabonis to add to that. But it's just like I feel like they just they kind of they definitely did fumble the bag as Anthony said by trading him. I think they just wanted to get into the playoffs. They've missed the playoffs fifteen straight years. The Kings, so they were just trying to like do whatever they can to get into the playing tournament. <laughs> it's a little, not a really good way to operate a team, to be honest. But I guess to each their own. Yeah, and yeah, it, I mean, that's as well. That's all the big ones, right? Besides what Sean Marks pulled off. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, it's not big, but I was a little confused by the Bucks trade, uh, getting a Baca, getting rid of DiVincenzo. I think he's a underrated player. And I'm kind of, then the Bucks must be concerned that they aren't getting Brooke Lopez back because that's kind of what that trade was, was to get a front court player. But I don't know. That would that trade surprised me. It wasn't that big, not that important, but I just like to see what the Nets main competition is doing. And I believe that is Milwaukee still. So I was surprised to see that trade go through. I know the Nets are still the favorites, like in the conference, but IMO, I think it's the Bucks conference to lose, like considering everything that's happened. I'm not trying to be like a pessimist or anything, but considering the events of last year and looking at their roster right now, that's the way I see it. I don't know about you guys. I, I yeah, well before. Before we get into the uh, Nets roster now, we kind of got to go through the crazy-ass, what, four days, three days maybe we've all just gone through. Um, <laughs> so, you had conflicting reports between Wendy and Woj. Obviously, both work for ESPN. Um, you had some reporters saying the deal was going to happen. Then you had Woj basically saying they weren't even talking until this morning when Woj's tone completely shifted at around, I think it was like 8 or 9 o'clock. And he said James Harden like made it clear that he didn't want to be there or whatever and that he anticipated the Nets and Sixers to at least engage in conversation today. And then Woj dropped the bomb that James Harden – did not want to be in the Nets anymore, but he didn't want to make a public or formal trade request because he was scared of public backlash. Before we get into the actual trade, what's your guys' thoughts on that? I think it honestly made him look worse because I was, I was just about to so say, so weak, bro, so weak. 
he, like, he, he basically like did it. He just gave up. Like he wasn't trying. Everyone knows against the Kings when he scored the four points, he wasn't playing defense. He wasn't trying. So like, I don't know, man. Honestly, if you don't want to be there, just man the fuck up and say it and get out. <laughs> that's, that's my take on it. Like it, I honestly think he made himself look worse by not making that formal trade request. And he made the Nets really scramble at the end of the deadline, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they like were like held hostage by the last few days, and like you had Nash to like conflicting reports. You had guys like saying like like Patty Mills kind of making like comments like that were like kind of like hinting at things. I think like in overall, I think the Nets could have made more deals. Like I know like there was they were like at the deadline trying to get like Jeremy Grant or Miles Turner, but they really didn't have enough time to negotiate the deal properly because of this deal kind of like being held hostage. Like. I don't think in an ideal world, Marks wanted to make a deal like this, but he kind of had his hand forced where it's like, you want to let this guy walk for nothing in the summer. So I think that's what kind of caused the Nets not to really make another deal. Cause obviously as we'll talk about the roster, like there's a lot of like clunkiness at the center position and some other positions. And they had a cut them. Like, like we'll get to it. They had a cut Bembry today because they really had too many players in the roster. Like yeah. it kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. I don't, I don't know why any of that had to happen. There was a couple other guys that you definitely could have cut that would have made less of an impact than, than cutting DeAndre Bembry. I agree. I agree with you guys. Like it definitely made him look worse. Like I had like probably like 20 people text me today and they're like, I've lost so much respect for James Harden today. It is unreal. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm like, that's kind of a pussy move, but you know, (laughs) bro, like the biggest freaking uh, Harden Stan on Twitter, like BGN, both got next. He was even kind of slandering uh, James Harden today. So I don't know. Bad luck for Harden. Yeah, but then, but then immediately upon the deal being completed, he's like, LMAO, you guys let Harden and Embiid get teamed up. Yeah. I'm like, all right, here we go. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, he said, if the report is true that Harden wants to trade to Philly one year after demanding to be traded to Brooklyn, I don't know if the same man is starting to get hard to defend him. I mean, I feel like the entire public probably feels the same way about it, truthfully. But enough of that. The trade ended up going through. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the package that the Nets returned or got in return for them? I love it. I really think it was a good, a really good deal. I would have loved if we were if we did this a little bit earlier so that we could have used the two first-round picks that we got in the deal to flip and maybe – unclutter that center position that we just cluttered up now that we have four centers on the roster. Um, and like, I, I mean, I, I, it, overall, it's a very good package. You add, you add defensive depth, you add, you add a big body center and you add, uh, did I say shooting or defense? <laughs> I lost myself, but either way you add Seth Curry, who's one of the premier shooters in the league. You have Ben Simmons, who is one of the premier playmakers and defenders in the league. And then you get Andre Drummond, who has led the league in rebounds, like four out of the last like six seasons. It's like, it's a giant trade along with two first round picks. And you only give it, you give up a guy who wants two guys who didn't want to be here. So like, when you think about it, that's a steal. And Ben Simmons is under contract for like another four more years after this one. And he's still young. So, like, that's it's a great trade overall when you think about it, especially when Sean Marks' hand was forced. And, like we said, he was scrambling to get a deal done. If that's what Sean Marks does when he's scrambling, like, my God, the guys, the guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Ben Simmons definitely has gotten his fair share of criticism over the years. 
I don't think his play style was properly utilized in Philadelphia. Like to keep it simple, like Joel Embiid's like his own kind of like animal where he's just like able to like just create his own shot, get down low, get foul calls. But like, like they never really utilized his abilities properly. Like he's a great facilitator, great defender, but he's best surrounded by shooting. And you have three snipers, hopefully with Joe Harris, Patty Mills and Seth Curry. And you have two stars that can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I think it's like the ideal situation for him. Like, yeah, it's going to be tough. Like in playoff situations, they start like a hack up end situation. But in those cases, you can pick and choose the lineups and like kind of like just mix and match when you need to. And honestly, like if we want to play up against Milwaukee, Ben Simmons is the guy to guard Giannis. Like that's, that's the guy you want. Yeah, that that's a huge part of this acquisition. It's like we never really had that one guy that we can trust to defend somebody's best player. Now we have that. Like, and Ben can guard one through five. So it's just like you throw him at the other team's best player, regardless of who it is. And now it's perfect. And I feel like us running a lineup where, and I feel like, by the way, this is probably where our Miles Turner interest came from, like at the last second, because once we got Ben Simmons, it's like, that's like one of, besides like LaMarcus Aldridge out of available guys, Miles Turner is probably the best person to put next to him. So it's just like if you yeah. were able to run a lineup, like we like running these death lineups where we run like no center. You have Ben Simmons as the only guy who, who needs to be in the painted area, and you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then like say like just because Joe's hurt, you have Seth Curry and Patty Mills. Like who's stopping it? That's that's it's gonna be yeah. so fun with the way that we're gonna be able to <clears throat> to utilize Ben. It's gonna be a lot of fun, I think. I think the Nets can really mix and match. Like, like Sean Marks talked today about got, playing certain guys in certain personnel groups against like certain matchups. I don't think the Nets have like a set eight guys, let's say in the playoffs to play in like a, a scenario. I think based on matchup, they can mix and match what like works best. Cause like just from like the center position, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge was like a jump shooting big. If Andre Drummond is like a big body, they can get boards. Claxton who's versatile that can switch onto any defender. You know, Griffin is like a little undersized, but he plays great defense. And then you have like anything you can do, like in those situations, it's just like a perfect Swiss Army knife. You have Ben, you have Kyrie, you have shooters. It's like you have a lot of things you can do where, like, before you were limited with the guys that kind of did like the same redundant things. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I was pretty um, anti James Harden, I would say, for the most part of the entire season. <laughs> um, I think, the, to put it lightly, I think the Nets got better not only in the long term with getting younger, getting players longer under contract, under contract the longer players that want to actually be here, which is a huge piece. Um, I think they also got better this year. You guys obviously have said how they gained all like the shooting, the rebounding. Um, ben Simmons is very underrated and I think he should absolutely thrive in the net system. Um, if he was putting up those kind of numbers with, Embiid, who's not a shooter at all, and he was a three-time All-Star, two-time first-team All-Defensive player. He won Rookie of the Year, although controversial. Um, ben Simmons is no scrub, and I don't want to say it, but I can see Ben Simmons being the better player than James Harden I mean, as soon as, like, one to two years. They were saying that, like, Harden's contract, like, once he signs, like, this, I know he signed the one-year, like, uh, player option, but they're saying, like, right. his extension, like, may end up being Russell Westbrook-like because, like, the way he's dropped off from, like, the last few years to this year, like, I can see it. I don't know if he was dogging it this past year. Like, I really I think, like, these next few weeks are going to be telling if he was, like, actually dogging it or if he actually took a drop-off. But 
if like that's the case, like the way he's played, like I don't think it's like a finesse style like Durant Irving where he's just like could be able to pull up anywhere. I think the Nets may have, yeah, like you said, the better player for the next like four to five years and like better contract overall. Yeah, I agree. No, Bobby Marks is the one I said it on ESPN today. He said, I think it was like two or three years, he said James Harden is going to be viewed as the same kind of contract as Russell Westbrook and John Wall. He went on to say it'll be the worst contract in NBA history. And he was more so referring to if he does sign that Supermax, he'll be making $60 million at age 38. Hmm. Did not say that wrong. $60 million at age 38. He's 33 right now, and he already seems to be slowing down. Stephen A. Smith went on to say this could be the worst day in Daryl Morey's career. Um, so, I mean, obviously, this is from a Nets perspective. I'm sure Philly fans are psyched to have James Harden. And they should. I will tell you. Well, they, they should they, be, yeah. Because pairing James right. Harden with, with Joel Embiid, like, the possibilities are endless if James Harden goes back to his old self or even, like, improves from this version to even, like, from this from where he's at right now, it's a half of his old self. If he just moves up that percentage, the Philly is going to be scary. And that, it's a big-time move for them. It just – it might suck in a couple years down the line, but if they wanted to get rid of the Ben Simmons situation and give them a better chance to win a championship this year, this is what they did, and I, they they did do that by acquiring James Harden. But we'll have to see how it all plays out. But I think as a, at this point right now, it's a win-win for both sides. But I, in a couple years – Based on how each player is performing, then we'll have to revisit it and see. I think I the re- Nets really do have a tampering charge case, though. I don't know if they can actually make it, considering they actually made the trade. But I wonder how this plays out if the Nets decide to do that, because there's definitely stuff behind the scenes that went on with this. Like I know it's like the elephant in the room here. Like, like the, it's the way the NBA is now. Like I don't know if the Nets get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving or even James Harden in the first place without tampering but here is a kind of a very clear-cut case could be the cookie cutter case we saw with um lowry this summer and lonzo with the bulls and heat i don't know if the nba is gonna try to jump on this i think personally just the way the league is now i don't think it really makes a lot of sense but i wonder if the nets try to get petty with them here and try to do something about it Hmm. yeah i mean i think there's just tampering in every deal that happens and i don't think it's ever going away personally but the nba can continue to try um, I do have a hypothetical question for you guys. Say Ben Simmons was – he never sat out and was playing. Um, do you think this was a trade that the Philadelphia 76ers would still have wanted to do, or you think they only did it because Ben Simmons was out? And just to kind of feed into that, Brian Windhorst said he doesn't think there's a market for any – for Kyrie Irving. He said no team would want Kyrie Irving just because of the fact that he is a free agent after this year. And he also said due to the contract issues and the amount of money James Harden will have to be paid, that there is not a very big market for James Harden either. And he did say there was about seven to eight teams that was calling Philadelphia about Ben Simmons. Um, I do think that the Ben Simmons thing is, I don't think it's like, I think that the media overhyped how low his value went. I think if that series doesn't happen, I think Ben Simmons maybe like overall, I think he they probably would try to mix it up just considering they ran back the same team, I'd say like five to six years. I'm just ballparking. I'm, that's what I think it is. 
I think they might have done it anyway, just because, like, in terms of fit, I think you go with the better player, which is Embiid, and kind of just like, do it. I don't think it would have been it's like as like a, we have to make this move now type of a deal, but I do think they probably would have made a deal. Who knows if it's James Harden? Maybe it's Bradley Beal. Maybe it's I don't know about Damian Lillard because he's just like his own type of breed. Like Damian Lillard is like so far into like I don't know if you've seen the memes like uh, I won't run away from the grind type of thing. And James Harden's like the complete opposite, where it's like, like the, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like this, you need a happy medium there. Oh, I know what you're saying. I tweeted out who's James Harden getting traded to next season. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I'd love that. Yeah, I think that this is probably the best possible player they could have gotten in a Ben Simmons trade. Like, I feel but like, are you saying that because he wasn't playing? So if he was playing, do you think they would still have done the trade? I mean, if I know it's a pretty well, big hypothetical, but Ben Simmons uh, like was, last who's a bigger name than James Harden that would be available for Simmons. No one. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like, I, yeah, I guess the Dame conversation <laughs> probably would have been there, but like, but like in reality, the Blazers aren't going <laughs> to trade him for anything. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I so, think yeah. this is the best possible situation for both teams, given given what's happened with both guys over this year. Um, I think the Nets, if in a perfect world, if there was no like, let's say hypothetically, Harden doesn't like stay on Philly, they probably could have got a better player. But considering the circumstances, like the free agency and him probably going to Philadelphia inevitably, like they, he wasn't going anywhere else besides Philly. Like you couldn't really like test the markets because no team's trading for three months of James Harden. Like it makes no sense. Like there was no team that was like one piece away with enough cap to do that and then run the risk of losing him outright. See, I'm going to disagree there. I think that even if it was kind of an open market, I think this was the best package and that's what it got in the league. I think Ben Simmons is very underrated. I know, obviously, he can't shoot the ball at all. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure in his career he averages like 16, 8, and 8, roughly. And he's a top five defender in the NBA. Yeah. So, like. You also got to think about the other pieces. Drummond is a nightly 2020 threat, which is wild. He was a star five years ago. Like, I know he's not that now. But, like, he's not that far off. Public perception changes a lot of guys. I know Cody's, like. UConn represent, baby. Huskies, UConn. <laughs> it's okay. wild. He's only twenty eight because he feels like he's been yeah. the NBA. He's literally been there for like a decade. He's twenty eight. <laughs> and then, and then Seth Curry is averaging fifteen points a game on forty three percent shooting, like from three, and he's averaging four assists per game. So he's having the best year of his career. We got him. We got Ben Simmons, and we have Andre Drummond. Who all these guys could stuff the stat sheet, and they fill all the needs that we really needed. Like, our only issue with Nick Claxton and why guys wouldn't want to play him is just because, like, oh, if Claxton has to guard and beat, he's going to just get bullied all night. But, like, now you don't have that issue. You have LaMarcus Aldridge and Andre Drummond if you feel that Nick Claxton won't be able to hold his own against uh, in those positions. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, oh, yeah. the next Sixers playoff series needs to happen at this point. Like, the <laughs> NBA needs to rig the standings or anything just to make it happen. I don't know if we do. It's just it's so, like, versatile <laughs> right now. It's very, like... We'll wait and see, but that'll be like I, I'm guaranteeing you. There's not going to be a single playoff game on NBA TV in that series. They're all going to be ESPN. And TV <laughs> <too>. <laughs> They'll save those like NBA TV games for like I don't know, like Cavaliers probably or like hey. something like the Grizzlies. <laughs> no disrespect. Hey, you know what Gate Harris and Jarrett to NBA TV. What are you doing? By the way, <laughs> I, I, I if you're if the Nets like whatever happens, I'm rooting for the Cavs like my second team this year just because of those two guys. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. think a lot of Nets, like real Nets fans and not James Harden stands are are on uh on the same page. Not to be yeah. respectful, but James Harden fans, you can go to Philadelphia. We're not gonna miss you that much. Sorry. There's a couple nice ones that I'm friends with, but like other than that, for the most part, like, get out of here. You know, as soon get as the, the trade happened, here. as soon as the trade happened, I looked and I lost like I lost like 15 Twitter followers immediately. <laughs> Bro, I, 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 I'm gonna be honest. I have like this follower monkey, and like I get told whenever someone unfollows me, I probably lost 150 followers today. <laughs> but luckily, I negated that with gaining about 450 the other way. So like I was still up close to 300. But like, was there Ben Simmons the stands? Is there Ben Simmons Twitter accounts? Yeah, all the Ben Simmons stands need to come Bro, through. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm gonna be honest, my Twitter notifications like these last couple of days have been insane like i had a tweet go over 20k likes today and like my phone when i would go on twitter was literally freezing like i tweeted out the instagram post that kevin durant liked about james harding wanting to be traded and like i could not get into twitter because it had like 95 quote tweets in under like five minutes i had to delete it because i literally could not use the app i deleted the tweet <laughs> oh yeah people were like bitching like why'd you delete it <laughs> Bro, like my phone was not working. That's why I deleted it. <laughs> but we have anyways, the, to be fair. We have the the the, the we have a whole continent supporting us now. The continent of Australia is a Nets continent. True. Like I'm just saying, that's what, like, we have. That's what I'm saying. I was like, yo, I, I was hoping we could get Matisse in the trade too, just for that. I'm like, okay, so then that means Joe Ingles is for sure a net this <laughs> season. <laughs> I'm like, we probably have like a whole NBA Australian team over. There's Ingles, there's Thibel that are on the Nets. Then you have Mills, Kyrie, Simmons. Is there any other NBA Australians? There's got to be a few more, but um, yeah, I was hoping, I know hoping that Thibel would come just for that. I'm like, okay, cool, more shooting. Joe Ingles is coming this offseason, no doubt. <laughs> Who was that center that was um from Australia that had like the like the headache, head trauma in the Olympics? Oh, jeez, I have no idea. Aaron Baines, Aaron Baines, Aaron Baines, oh, Aaron Baines, yeah. We've had the opportunity multiple times. <laughs> Was Splitter Australian or no? Who? Our assistant coach, Tiago Splitter. I want to say he was. I think he is, but I'm not positive. Right. Sorry, because a little sidetrack there. I was just kind of getting going <laughs> off. But like with the Nets, if they want to gain some fans, we have the concept. He's Brazilian. Honestly, like it sucks looking at the whole grand scheme of things, like making that initial trade. But if you think about it, like I just want to put this perspective into it. We lost four firsts and three swaps at Houston. Those swaps are most likely not happening because Houston's gonna have worse draft picks. They're not gonna want to take worse draft picks in the Nets. So let's like say like, at least two out of three of those to be safe are gonna be nothing. And you recoup two out of the four. So draft pick wise, it really didn't get that depleted from the Harden deal. And you swap. Allen and Levert for Simmons, Curry, Drummond. I say it's comparable enough where it's like you're not killing yourself over it. Like, you know what I mean? I think overall it sucks losing Harden considering like the potential. But from the grand scheme of things, you really didn't lose a whole lot. Like where it's like we just got fleeced. You know what I mean? I'm going to be honest. I didn't want Harden to get a max contract by the Nets because of the fact he'd be making $60 million at age 38. So I'm very happy that this trade happened. (laughs) Yeah, given right. the way it went down, like you never want it to happen like that, but I think it's a blessing in disguise. And I just want to give you guys a couple other stats on who they got. So Seth Curry, 
Um, I saw this from Nets Daily. The Nets now have two of the five best three-point shooters of all time. Top two are Steve Kerr, 45%, Hubert Davis, 44%. Then we got Joe Harris at third at 43.9%. Jonathan Petrovic at fourth. And then Seth Curry is fifth. So that is not just this season. That is not just active players. That is of all time. And then Drummond. Um, Was he sixth? I think he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a. Yeah, I think Drummond is a huge addition, besides the fact that he's from UConn, because the Nets play in a conference that has Nikola Vukovic, Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I could keep going. Ton of bigs. The Nets have never really had an answer for them. And while no, Andre Drummond is not going to shut out or shut down Joel Embiid. I'm not saying that, but he's at least a big body that could bang on the boards with him. Um, he averages 13.4 rebounds per game over his entire career. Um, the Nets are currently 14th in team rebounding, which isn't great, obviously. And Drummond is currently first in the NBA in per 36 minutes rebounding with 17.3, and he's 10th all time in his career. So, like, the Nets got Ben Simmons, who is a former All Star with a ton of potential that is still young. And two players that are elite at what they do and what they do are exactly what the Brooklyn Nets needed to make their team better. So I'm very ecstatic for the trade. I know people want Matisse Thibel or Tyrese Maxey. And yes, they're young, great players with big futures. But I think given the circumstances, Sean Marks did really well. And saving the picks... Um, at first, I was pretty mad. I was thinking, oh, they got to flip these picks, like get rid of Claxton. They have too many centers. But the more I thought about it, if it doesn't work this year and they need to address anything, they won't have cap space, obviously, assuming Kyrie Irving takes his player option. So the Nets will at least have those picks to trade to try to get some assets if need be. Um, we kind of saw how important it was at this trade deadline. So if Marks has those picks for an entire season up to the trade deadline, maybe even the offseason this year, I'll have a lot more time to get what the Nets need, and I think it could be beneficial in the long run. I have yeah, a, like obviously, I have you a want quick to prediction. I have a quick prediction. Yes. Joe Harris is no longer a Brooklyn Net by the trade deadline next season. I mean, that's like a lot could happen. I think it depends on his health this year, how this season <laughs> ends. I mean, a lot of guys cannot be Brooklyn Nets next year. By next season, I have a strong feeling we bring in Joe Ingles this offseason. And then we have those two picks. We could defer the pick for this year to next year. So that means we would have two first-round picks and Joe Harry, right. his salary to flip next year. And that's that yeah. could lead to a big upgrade, especially if you, we have Patty, Joe, and... One, one quick point on that. Utah kind of did Joe Ingles dirty by trading oh, when he did. got hurt. Yeah, they did. He so, understood, though, that, he said. I saw some article. He said, like, he kind of understood that it was going to happen. He's, like, open to resigning there if, like, the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, well, he better not. He's a net now. <laughs> I mean, the thing with three-point shooting is you can really – you don't need to sign a guy three-point shooting eight, to $18 million a year, which I think Joe Harris gets. Yeah, like, you really can find Joe cheap options. coming on a minimum. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you get guys from small deals and it works. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, with – after the trade deadline, obviously the next big thing is the buyout market. You guys think the Nets are going to be looking to get anyone? No. I personally like. I'm pretty sure they have their rosters full. Like, and yeah. <laughs> Joe Sai, Sean Marks, pretty much made it clear they don't want to have to 
pay anyone to buy them out, whether it's Javon Carter or anyone of that source that will cut more money. And I think that's why we lost Bembry today, because he was the cheapest guy to get rid of. Well, my thing is you're going to have to clear another roster spot if you want Kessler Edwards to be on the full-time roster. And I feel like with cutting Bember, you kind of need him to be a full-time member of the roster. So I feel like somebody else has to go, and I'm just not exactly sure who that's going to be. And then the next guy is James Johnson over Carter just because, like, the deal and the years. Yeah, and if you can cut James Johnson, you could bring in – and you could just convert Kessler to a full-time contract, then I feel like we're in a perfect spot. We don't need anything else on the buyout market. Yeah. Oh, one yeah, some interesting. One last thing. Speaking of buyout market, I've thought about Blake Griffin and how we got him on the buyout. Blake Griffin and uh, Andre Drummond are reunited now. <laughs> True. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice little nice little callback. Maybe that's a feature. I remember we wanted Drummond last year after the, the Cavaliers buyout. Yeah. Yeah, didn't work out. Bro, that. I've, I've wanted Drummond forever, but you yeah. guys know why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, there's some interesting quotes from Steve Nash following the game tonight. I usually don't do this, but it kind of goes along with the Nets' new players. Um, so Steve Nash, this is coming from Alex Schiffer of The Athletic. Steve Nash said he met all three of the new players. Um, I'm assuming it would be through video chat because obviously he was in Washington. Um, But he said he spent the most time with Ben Simmons, which is an underrated aspect of how much Steve Nash, even though he gets a ton of heat and Kyle Korver and that coaching staff besides Kevin Durant could really help Ben Simmons. Um, Steve Nash also said that Seth Curry and Andre Drummond will likely join the team in Miami, but is not sure if they will play. He said he's more unsure of Simmons, who has a longer ramp up than the other two, but the performance staff will decide how long the ramp up is. I don't know. Scoop B reported that Ben Simmons will be going to Miami on the road trip with the Nets. I'm assuming he won't be playing. They didn't specify, but I would be very, very surprised if he's playing. I think he's more so just traveling with the team being acclimated. Um, but Steve Nash said he was excited to get the new pieces incorporated and move on from all this drama that's been going on. So, I I I'm excited too. I can't blame him. Oh, I can't blame him one bit. It's uh, it's definitely a very exciting time because it's just like the possibilities are endless and we have no idea, like how exactly everything's gonna fit. But it's still like we we're pretty confident that like all the nets issues kind of just got solved at one time. And now all we need is health. So hopefully like we get to a point where like we get Seth Curry and Drummond integrated within the next few games. And then, then within like a few weeks, maybe right after the all-star break, we we could fully have like Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant all share the floor together. And then depending on Joe Harris's status, maybe, uh, we get all of them together around the same time and really just use these final two months of the season to gel before we go into the playoffs. I got one more quote for you. <laughs> you just said that Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond are reunited. Uh, Blake Griffin said in press conference after the game, you look up the end of the first quarter and he's got 12 and 10 talking about Andre Drummond. <laughs> so exactly. Blake might be happy to uh, play. He also said, I think Blake also said, I think got better. 
and he called Drummond a monster down low, while Curry gives them more shooting, and Simmons is a great talent. It's crazy. He also said, we definitely got what we wanted. Guys that want to be here, that want to play. Yeah. He must have been really doggy in that locker room because, like, for Patty Mills to make a comment, Blake Griffin, like, guys that are, like, professionals. He, I, mean, like, I mean, yeah, yeah mean, it's, like, insane. AD said something similar, I believe. He said something like that. Did you guys watch that All-Star draft? That was so funny. I was in class, but I heard it was pretty great. The clips are insane. I recommend watching it's like a six-minute clip of the entire thing. I watched, I watched Like, that. they both didn't pick Durant. Like, they weren't both picking Harden. It was like, LeBron was losing it, hiding himself on a clipboard. It was so fun. I knew LeBron was going to do it, too. Like, it, and it was, like, such a... <laughs> it came down... It came down to Rudy and the final two picks. And literally, Ernie... Or, or it was Kenny. Kenny set him up. He's like, KD, I think you need size. <laughs> I think you need some size. And Katie's just like, yeah, yeah. I think I think I do need some size. Uh, I'll take I'll take Rudy Gobert. And LeBron just fuck just covers his face with his clipboard. It was so funny. Oh yeah, man. yeah. Like that was so that was great. I think it's funny how like NBA stars don't respect Rudy Gobert at all. But the fact that came down to that, and he still took Rudy Gobert. It was just so yeah. funny. And it was also uh, yeah. they had uh, <laughs> they <laughs> they had. Uh, what what did he say? Oh, KD was trying to trade for Darius Garland from Team LeBron, and LeBron LeBron says, "You sure you you haven't made enough trades today?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love when uh, LeBron asked if James talking about James Harden was healthy, and you just hear Chuck go, "Of course he's healthy. He's got traded. He'll be suiting up next game. He's got that icy hot going." <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Chad and his sponsorships. <laughs> True. Yeah. So before we get into the game tonight and then the game that happened on Tuesday, I guess the Nets played Tuesday. I don't know. I didn't see it, but whatever. Uh, did you guys see the reports that James Harden and Kevin Durant were kind of feuding or didn't agree on the culture of the team or the direction of the team? And that's kind of what led to some of the frustrations. I did see them. I I don't want to believe it all. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what i'm saying yeah like, i just don't want to believe everything that's coming out because like like <clears throat> it could have been like one small thing and you ask one guy within the organization he's like oh yeah they were beefing for a couple months or something like you know it's just like <clears throat> i don't want to believe all the stuff that's coming out because a lot of stuff has come out they're like apparently james harden had an issue with kyrie irving burning sage too now so like i don't know like that was a thing last year so like i don't know it's I don't want to believe everything, but I did see it. And I'm not going to say that they're not true, but it's just like, oh, well. Daryl Morey just tweeted out, welcome to the Sixers at James Harden, at J Harden 13. He posted a YouTube clip titled James Harden's top 30 plays of his NBA career. <laughs> you know, I will bet, I will make a bet right now that none of his plays from this season are in that YouTube video. <laughs> That's how far James Harden has fallen, Daryl Morey. You'll see. But anyways. By the way, <laughs> this just came out. Kyrie Irving on James Harden. And I quote, I'm not here to judge him. I'm not here to talk down on James. I just want him to be happy. I just want everyone in this league to be happy. So no ill will. What a horrible guy that Kyrie Irving person is, man. Like, You're truly the media is right. Kyrie's a devil. He's horrible. Like, I don't know, man. We got to get him out of here next, I think. 
he's just not a great person, and we we can't stand for that in Brooklyn. But anyway, I'm very happy that Kevin Durant still seems locked in. I mean, he was on the Nets bench cheering, being engaged at the end of this game against the Wizards tonight. I was a little concerned. I didn't know how tight him and James were. And obviously, if they were, you never want to see your good friend leave your team. But I don't think it should be an issue. Kevin Durant seems pretty happy at the direction of the Nets. Um, as Nick, I don't know to say his name, Friedel from the ESPN Nets beat reporter, he said that this team is like 100% Kevin Durant's team. There's no way he didn't approve of this. So I don't think there should be any issues going forward. And it's nice to put this in the rearview mirror and actually focus on basketball again. As crazy as it is, a basketball team can finally focus on playing basketball again. Well, I don't want to focus on this ba- on this basketball. This basketball <laughs> sucks. Yeah, I mean – Let's the Celtics game on Tuesday. Uh, the game started out 28 to 2. The Nets had about 17 guys out. That's all we have to talk about so we can move on. Um, oh, we, game, have to, we have to remind everybody the game did start off. What was it? 28 to 2? <laughs> yeah, 28 to 2. Although Javon what? Carter, Javon Carter hit seven threes that game. So the Javon Carter slander. He was trying to up his trade value, and Marks didn't take advantage. Mm-hmm. Javon Carter's slander might be coming to an end, but <laughs> he, did, he didn't look too bad tonight either. I'm saying the Nets, like, they lost the game. Obviously, they ended up losing by one, but I was encouraged that they actually tried. I mean, I know Washington made some trades today. They didn't have Bradley Beal. They lost Dinwiddie. They traded Montrezl Harrell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they were incredibly shorthanded. Um, you look at their lineup. Corey Kispert, Thomas Bryant, Neto, Caldwell Pope, and Kuzma. And then Gil, Hachimura, Avija, I don't want to say his name, and Winston. Like, that's a horrible team, and the Nets lost, which isn't great. But the Nets are also missing six or seven guys that are going to either start or be one of the first players off the bench. But the big thing is, Nets competed. Uh, Cam Thomas, once again, looked absolutely incredible. He went 11 of 18 from the field, 36 minutes, 27 points. Um, I saw a tweet, actually, that in the last four games, Cam Thomas is averaging 23 points per game on 51% from the field and 38% from three. So his play has been one of the biggest takeaways recently. Once again, Blake Griffin looked good. He had 15 points, nine boards, three assists in 27 minutes. Of course, he took another charge. It was his 24th of the season, which leads the NBA, which is incredibly impressive to me, especially because there is that stretch where he simply wasn't playing. Uh, but Blake Griffin, we know, will do whatever it takes to win. He's shown that time and time again. Mad respect for him. Um, Patty Mills is quiet again. I feel like he's been kind of quiet recently. Um, Nets played okay defense for the most part. Um, I don't know. You guys got any takeaways? Obviously, the actual basketball analysis will be changing very soon because most of these guys will not be in the rotation, I would say, after the All-Star break. So anything we're watching now, it's frustrating. It sucks. And that's lost 10 in a row. They don't want to lose. They keep falling down the standings. But if we remain patient, it's only going up from here. And I think it's going way up to close the season. As Charles Barkley said today, the Nets won't be afraid of anyone, no matter what seed they are, come the playoffs. Yeah, and he's completely correct. Um, 
the, these, I mean, today's game was pretty good, all things considered. <laughs> but the Celtics game wasn't great. Just another one of those losses up to 10 games now in a row. But um, overall, I mean, a lot of guys showed a lot of heart tonight. And it's like these guys, no changes are coming. And they, they it almost felt like tonight they wanted to, like, move on into the next chapter of the season. Like, a lot of these guys played with a lot of heart and – it, it was fun to watch. It was just like it, the Nets played good basketball. They just let up like a 17 to three run at one point. And it was, it was just hard to come, climb back from. And on the final possession, when the Nets are down three, they keep clawing back. And uh, Cam Thomas hits an and one three pointer to get us back into the game. And then we get a stop. We're able to, we're able to come, we're able to come back up the floor and Kyrie Irving then gets triple teamed. So yeah. it was just like, that just shows you the state of the Nets right now. It's just Kyrie Irving's basically the only one out there with that will attract attention from a defense. And it's just like you couldn't get a clean shot off, right? And Cam Thomas just had to chuck up like a 35-footer to try to tie the game and send us to overtime, but just didn't work out that way. One thing I do want to throw in before you go, Anthony, um, that foul by Patty Mills when he pretty much ripped. I don't even remember who it was. And the guy fell on the ground and Patty Mills kind of like jumped over his back. That was a horrendous foul. And it was the shot clock was down and I'm pretty sure he made both free throws. But anyway, it's good effort by the Mets and their brighter days coming. I think starting as soon as Saturday when we get Curry and Drummond out there and hopefully Simmons will be out coming in soon. Ramona Shelburne said he's incredibly excited. He texted her saying finally, and that he already spoke to Kevin Durant. And that was right when the trade went down. So I think Simmons is going to be coming to prove people that he can still play basketball at a very high level and contribute to a championship team. Anthony, what are your takeaways on the games? Um, I thought the game was just disgusting. Like, don't even want to talk about that game. It didn't happen. And it's freedom hit a three in her mouth. He got waved since, but like, just, no. Um, I think the, the game today was frustrating. Obviously, they didn't come out the win. Kyrie Irving played well. My biggest takeaway is that Cam Thomas is a stud. Like, I know we've been saying it all year, but, like, he's really putting some consistent basketball together. So, I think that's the biggest thing that stuck out to me. I think a lot of the players, like, seeing these post-game quotes are happy this burden lifted off of them. I think you said getting Curry and Drummond back Saturday, Simmons and Durant over the next couple of weeks – Hopefully Harris and Aldridge soon. Hopefully Kyrie's status. A lot of like question marks to come. They need to start putting some W's together because they've lost 10 in a row now. It's not really ideal. I'm going to give them a pass today because it really was a crazy day. So I'm not going to hold it to them. I know the Wizards kind of like had their whole team decimated too. So like you would like to win this game. Miami is going to be tough. I'm not going to say we're going to win it. But I think it's going to be a few more of these type of games. But I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think they're going to finish in a great seat based on just what's happened in the last two weeks. But I like the way we match up against anybody. And I really think this team can make a run if they get everyone back together and get some stride and some chemistry. Yeah. I know we kind of guessed what seed we thought the Nets would finish in a while ago. I think it was like at the very beginning of this losing streak. Um, they're currently in the eighth seed. They are six and a half back of the Miami Heat now, who they play on Saturday. They're a game and a half back of Toronto. They're two and a half back into getting the six to avoid the play-in tournament, which I don't want to deal with a play-in tournament personally. I'm sure the Nets don't. But what seed do you guys think you could see the Nets climbing themselves up to? Um, I don't think anyone expects them to fall behind Charlotte or Atlanta or Washington, but what do you guys think? 
no clue right now. I'm not gonna lie. I have no clue. It's gonna. I need some more like certainty going forward. I'm not gonna guess right now. Fair enough. I say. I say we could still climb up to the three. Yeah, I could. I mean, yeah. All these, like, if we just catch up to the, like, we're like, like probably like four games behind that clutter from one to six. <laughs> so, like, I think I had yeah. three earlier in the year, or I might have said two, but. I could. I still think we could climb up to like three, just because we're not that far behind that giant group that's all within one game of each other, one through one through five or one through six. I think the Nets can one hundred percent at the bare minimum get to six. They're only two and a half back in Toronto, um, but then Philly, they're three and a half back, and then the next jump is four in Cleveland, where they're five back. So, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, it starts this Saturday. In Miami, Kyrie Irving will be eligible to play, and I'm excited to see the new guys play. Very excited. Uh, Drummond, Curry, Mills, Thomas, uh, maybe Claxton comes back. I think they said that his hamstring is doing better now that he hasn't been traded. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> hopefully we'll see some, some Claxton on Saturday as well. Joe, you've been very arrogant all year. You've been pretty quiet tonight. I'm surprised, but you still are in first place. So by a lot, right? Yeah, by by a decent amount. We don't <laughs> gotta go into all of those details, Joe. No, we'll, go into it. we'll go into it. I have 19, Co- Cody has 14, and Anthony is at 15. Sorry. Yeah, so um Joe's in first. But uh so we're going to pick Saturday at Miami and Monday at home against the Sacramento Kings, the new look Sacramento Kings, I should say. Sorry. With the Montes Sabonis. But, Joe, you're in first. Go ahead and pick. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Saturday away at the Heat, I will take a loss. <laughs> and at home against the Kings – I'm also going to take a loss. Oh, boy. <laughs> Joe's predicting a 12-game losing streak, and I feel like you've predicted a loss for, like, the last eight games or something crazy. It's been, like, it's been eight out of the last ten that we've lost, I've predicted. You make me sick. Anthony? Oh. Uh, I'm going to go loss-loss. You also make me sick. <laughs> you know what? Screw it. You guys are lame. I'm hyped. I'm hyped about the new players. I'm going win-win. Okay. I'm going to fall behind by even farther, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm decided. Cody, by the end of the week, you can literally be down seven behind me. <laughs> or I could be only three. So how about that? <laughs> That's true. It's still like, fuck. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, I don't know about you, but this week has just been absolutely crazy for me. I can't wait to sleep, sleep well, sleep in, not worry about waking up and missing something going on. Yeah. For real. It was quite interesting. I, I woke up this morning. I drove home from Atlantic City for two hours, quite hungover, and then James Harden got traded, and I've been freaking out for the rest of the day. So it's <laughs> <laughs> been quite interesting. Sounds about right. Yeah. No, I got nothing else. So I'm excited. That's that's all I really have. I'm just very, very excited. Even though I think they're probably still going to lose the next two games just because guys are getting acclimated and one of them right. is at home. Uh, 
I'm very excited. Yeah, I would say uh, the hope and excitement is back with Nets fans, hopefully with the Nets team. Um, like I, we, we've kind of repeated all night, it's a new direction with new hope. Everyone's buying in. Um, so say to see what the future holds. Anthony, you got anything else? No, I think it's done. Thanks. All <laughs> right. Once again, this was the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Cody, Anthony, and Joe. Um, thank you for tuning in. Please like, comment, subscribe, interact with us. And as always, let's go Nets. Big two-game win streak coming from our Brooklyn Nets. Let's go. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.